friends, welcome to Real Talk with Rachel. I am your host, Rachel Gilbert. Did you know that God has planted extraordinary and unique gifts inside of you? But things like fear, insecurities, lies, and even past wounds keep us from receiving God's best and releasing those gifts into our world. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics that will help move you confidently in the direction of your God-given dreams. Today's guest is Melissa Hennett, founder of Grace and Lace, which she calls an accidental company. And if you're not familiar with Grace and Lace, it's a women's apparel company that has thousands of customers who sit eagerly by awaiting the arrival of new clothes and accessories. In today's episode, we chatted about the tragedy that she chose to let transform her and her family into the incredible life they are living today. She shared about how the business got started after the loss of their baby and how business took off so quickly that they went on Shark Tank and landed a deal with one of the sharks. She also shares her secret to balance. It's one I'd never heard of and honestly, it's the best explanation I've ever heard. Before I give any more information away, let's go ahead and jump into my conversation with Melissa so you can hear her inspiring story for yourself. Hey, Melissa, how are you doing? Hi, good. It's so great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have been following you online. I have to tell you and actually our listeners how I found you. I was actually attending a conference. Do you, have you heard of Dana Gresh? Yeah. Uh-huh. So she, um, I was at something that she was speaking at and she was wearing the cutest shirt and mm-hmm. we all kept asking her, where'd you get this shirt? And so from stage, she actually was like, actually, she totally shouted out Grace and Lace. And she's like, you got to go check oh. them out. So we're all on, she's like, now hold on. You're not allowed to get on Instagram right now. Well, oh. while I'm speaking, you have to wait until I get off. You know, I'm done speaking and then you can go check it out. So oh, funny. You know, yeah. So afterwards we're all on there and we're checking it out. And I bought like five things and anyhow, so I've been following you guys and anybody who knows me or follows me on Instagram knows I love myself some cute clothes. You know, you, you had me at cute clothes and they're comfortable. But then when I found out about your story and how the company actually got started, I was like, Oh my goodness, I need to know this girl and I need to hear her story and have the rest of the world hear your story. So that's how I know you Now, How about you share with everybody a little bit about yourself? (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Well, um, I guess a little bit about myself is my name is Melissa. I'm the owner um, and founder of graceandlace.com, a women's apparel company. I didn't start out to start a business. We're about um, seven years old, but seven years ago, the business actually, I I call Grace and Lace my accidental company to start out to start a business. I love that. You know, actually, that was one of my questions I was going to talk to you about today because I love that you call it your accidental company. And I actually wrote down, I don't do this very often with guests, but your mission statement was so powerful. I was like, okay, I need to actually write that down because I want to read that and have you kind of expand upon it. Um, And I guess it was a a quote from your mission. So it wasn't like your whole thing, don't worry. Um, But it said, we fully believe that God has given us this business as a platform, a platform to inspire others to dream big, and beyond their wildest imaginations. We work with diligence and do our very best, but leave the results to God. This is his business, and we're simply the stewards. So I would love for you to say, what would you say to someone who wants to have more of these types of accidental stories in their life to use that platform for God's glory? 
Well, I mean, Rachel, like I said, you know, I didn't start out to start a business. I, I did come from an entrepreneurial family. Both my parents are entrepreneurs. My siblings are entrepreneurs. My grandparents are entrepreneurs. So I don't know if I could, I kind of joke and say, I don't know if I could run from owning a business if I tried. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Grace and Lace, why I kind of say it was accidental. I mean, ultimately, I believe that, um, you know, God has a plan for everything. But I, I guess I didn't start out to start a business. I have no um, history in owning a, in owning a business in fashion and working in uh, retail or anything like that. I just, um, I've always been creative. I've always been a do it yourself type of person. And one day I wanted to make this boot sock with lace out of the top of it. And really it was that boot sock that started the business and kind of the Lord used that as the jump start in, into what Grace and Lace is now. So seven years ago, what started as just a boot sock that had lace on the top of it, has now turned into a, a full line of women's apparel. So kind of going back to your question about other people who want these accidental um, successes in their life, I, I really go back to, well, I, I really ultimately don't believe it was accidental in, in the view of, you know, God had this plan for me all along. I just choose to walk in obedience with him. And, and to me, it was using that creative mindset, taking a step at a time, creating something for myself that eventually turned into kind of this fashion phenomenon. And so if people, you know, if you're walking that walk and believing, um, you know, that God has something for you and that you're praying and, you know, asking God, what is your plan for my life? How do you want to use my giftings and talents and abilities? I mean, as long as we are asking for that and walking into that, God will lead you into, you know, ultimately what that is. I love that you said the statement to walk in obedience, because that's something I actually say a lot is that success is obedience. And mm-hmm. I think that that's so powerful that even you with, you know, the success that you've had, it really just started with an act of obedience and God bless that. So go ahead and share. I, I've read your story online, but you know, so there might be some people listening today that go, well, how was it accidental? How did you go from, you know, creating the boot cuffs to now this big company that you're doing now and all that you guys offer? Yeah. Well, um, you know, the story actually starts um, out of a tragedy, Rachel. Um, Rick and I, my husband and I had been married for a couple years and wanted to start a family. One of my ultimate dreams growing up was to be a wife and a mother. And um, we really struggled getting pregnant, starting a family, had all kinds of um, just challenges getting pregnant. And I finally got pregnant after about a year of trying and had a great pregnancy, felt great until halfway through my pregnancy, I had a routine doctor's visit and went into the doctor. And suddenly that doctor told me, Melissa, I have news for you that you're going to give birth to your daughter in 24 hours and she's not going to survive. It was absolutely earth shattering. Um, Rick was out of town. They rushed me into emergency surgery and they said, we're, you know, the doctor said, we'll do everything that we can to keep your daughter alive inside of you but um, you're very, very, very high risk for the duration of the pregnancy. So I lived in the hospital. Um, the surgery was successful. They were able um, to, to save her, but I was very, very high risk. And the doctors basically said, you will stay in the hospital for the rest of the pregnancy. And honestly, that's where the, really the vision of Grayson Lee started in terms of, I was completely bedridden. I, I was in a position called Schindelenburg, tipped up on my head, laying in bed. I couldn't get out of the bed ever. And all I could do was work with my hands. And I'm not the type of person to be um, bored and watch soap operas or TV all the time. And that's where my love for knits grew. I began knitting and crocheting and making baby blankets right there in the hospital bed. 
um, as we just continued to let our daughter grow um, inside of me. So unfortunately, um, I developed a serious infection and they weren't able to, I went into labor after uh, about a month of being in the hospital. And our little um, Hallie girl was born too early. She was um, born and just did, her lungs weren't developed enough to survive. And so unfortunately, we lost her after believing every day that God had a plan for her and a plan for us. And, you know, that was just really, really hard. And that was when this, you know, this earth shattering time of, you know, we just lost our first daughter, our, our only child, a child that we were told we might not even be able to have. And you know, really choosing, are we going to, um, where are we going from here? Are we going to question God and blame, you know, why would a good God do something like this? Or are we going to choose and believe that God has a plan and a purpose and he will use this um, for his glory somehow? And obviously it wasn't like a snap of a fingers that I could believe that, but I do know that God had, um, was going to use that for his good somehow. And so, um, you know, after we lost Hallie, I, those blankets that I began to start making, uh, the blanket for her that I was making in the hospital, I continued to sew and I continued to make, and a lot of healing uh, came through me through continuing to make that. While I didn't have a baby there, I could wrap in it. I knew that it was that creation and developing, creating something with my hands that um, the Lord was really stilling inside of me and developing inside of me. So really that's the heart of where the moment that I began to believe, wow, God, I'm able to work with my hands and create things with my hands that create beauty, even though, you know, our daughter didn't survive. Thank you so much for sharing that. First of all, I wanted to start by saying, I'm so sorry for your loss of Hallie. I don't think that that loss is ever something that, you know, just, oh, with time that that pain goes away. In fact, it's interesting because God is so cool how he lines up the the people who are going to be guests on the show. The interview that I literally did that released last week was with a friend who she not only shared her infidelity story, but um, they had infant loss as well. Mm. And, um, you know, it's interesting that you actually hit, I was thinking I wanted to ask you this question, but you hit on it. So I'm going to ask you one other thing is you mentioned how the Lord used knitting to help you, would you say to grieve in a way like yes. that helped you with that healing? So my friend who I interviewed, who they also, you know, lost a baby. Um, she said her and her husband grieved differently. Did you notice that with you and your husband? Did he grieve differently than you did? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so anyhow, but I think that it's just so neat too, that obviously the Lord did not bring this on your family, but I love that he has redeemed it in such a beautiful way that now it's bringing honor to your daughter, even though she's yeah. not here, you know, to see it. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. You know, after I had made that blanket, you know, I had cried so many tears as I made that just thinking I'll never be able to wrap it around her. I'll never be able to put it in her crib, you know, and I basically from that point, I just continued to create. And so I, I talked a little bit about starting with that boot sock. It was, was, very shortly after we had lost her that I just continued. I opened a small little Etsy shop and I started to make blankets and baby clothes for other um, moms. I, I kind of started doing that in the hospital with other moms that were in um, high risk situations like myself, but I made that boot sock and it was for myself. It was lace on the top of it. It, it took me five hours to make. I remember coming down from our small little one bedroom condo and telling my husband, I'm never going to make another pair of these again. Mm. And that's what's so funny is that I, I wore it. I was like, well, it took me so long to wait, make, I'm going to wear it. 
everywhere I wore it. People would stop and ask me where I got it. And um, I decided, my husband was like, why don't you just put them up and see if you can sell them? And I did. I put them up on my little baby Etsy shop. Well, they went viral. Um, within 48 hours putting them up, we had over 500 purchase orders for that pair of boot socks. Um, wow. That's where uh, Grace and Lace was born in terms of suddenly before us, we had much more than just a little baby blanket hobby, but we had a business. So I had to not only um, retract my words of never making another pair mm -hmm. of those socks again, but I had to figure out very quickly how I was going to make enough for the demand of, of people who wanted them. So where did the name Grace and Lace come from? You know, we actually, um, when I had started, the, the initial Etsy store that I had started was called Hallie's Closet after just Hallie and losing her and what it would have been, you know, for her and, and having clothes. And so I had made the socks and then the boot socks went viral. And then I continued making more socks. And I was like, you know, it's not a baby clothing store, small little shop anymore. Like we're I'm making women's socks. <laughs> so um, we just quickly needed another name. and. I think I just wanted to tie in, I, I don't know exactly where that name came from, but I wanted to tie in him and, and you know, making things for him and his glory. And so I came with the tagline first, which was made with his, with his grace and a little bit of lace. Hmm. And then we just shortened that called grace and lace <laughs> to, be, yeah. to be the name of the business. So I love it. Okay. So then the next thing I need to know, which makes my heart skip about a thousand beats is at what point did you decide to go on Shark Tank? Okay. So this is a funny story because, um, I, my husband and I, my husband has been, he's owned his own business for years and we, we don't watch much TV, but we watched Shark Tank and we only watched Shark Tank. And so he said one year, he said, wouldn't it be neat if we had a business where we could be on Shark Tank. And I was like, no, because um, I don't want to get eaten alive by Mr. Wonderful. Like, I don't want to have a business to be on Shark Tank. Well, Grace and Lace, once that boot sock went viral on, on Pinterest and just blew up, we had thousands and thousands of orders come, coming in very quickly. In fact, our first year of business we did, our first month of business, we did like 60,000, in which was just incredible, just unheard of. And Rick was applying um, to be on the show and I didn't know this because he knew I didn't want to be on it, but we um, were on a phone conversation with a business mentor and the business mentor said something like, well, have you ever considered being on Shark Tank? And right away I said, no. And Rick's like, well, actually I've been applying to get on. And I was like, wait, what? No. And he's like, well, I know, I actually know a producer. I need to make a phone call. Well, that phone call within minutes turned into that producer calling us and saying, I've heard your story from a mutual friend. Can you guys fly out in a couple of weeks to be on the show? And I was like, wait, what? No way. I, this is, I, I can't handle this. I don't know if we're ready for this. Uh, the story goes a little bit deeper than that. But basically, it was completely the Lord's doing in arranging that and having a mutual mentor friend who knew, knew a producer. And so before we knew it, we were signed up and flying out <laughs> to pitch to the sharks. Wow. What year was that that you did went on that show? Um, we were, uh, we filmed the show in the summer of 2014. Okay. Um, and we aired in November, right before Thanksgiving. Gotcha. So if people listening wanted to go back and watch your episode. Do you know if it's available? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's on there. Yeah. Okay. It's been like Grace and Lace Shark Tank and yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Cause you know, I know there'll be a lot of people who are like, Hey, I want to go watch. <laughs> uh, so uh, explain that. I mean, was it completely terrifying? <sighs> yes. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, is that initially they had told us that they had only wanted me on the show. So, you know, Rick was, Rick owned a landscaping company. He had his own business. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? We filmed, we filmed it in 2013, not 14. Okay. He had his own business and was helping me on the side. And he's been instrumental from the beginning of as far as numbers. I'm not a numbers person. I'm like the creative brain. I'm not the numbers person. So initially when Shark Tank said, we want just Melissa to pitch to the sharks, I was like, I'm not signing up for that deal. Like, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to get eaten alive. Um, <laughs> that Rick had to be on it with me. And if you go back and watch the show, you'll see how strategic Rick is that, that whole time, or at least part of it. So um, I was completely shaking in my boots, like nervous, sweating, scared. The lights are hot. You don't know. It's filmed. You don't have a do-over. You mess up. You don't have a do-over. So um, that was the scary part for me is like, what if I say something I'm not supposed to say? And then, you know, and then what you see on uh, TV is um, you only see a portion. So we ended up filming with the sharks for about an hour and a half and you see about you know, 15 minutes of that. So you, there's a lot of mystery of knowing, oh, what are they going to show? How are they going to portray us? How are, you know, how are we going to look? So very nerve wracking. Yes. Yeah. So did you guys practice? Like, I've always wondered this about people who go on Shark Tank and I'm sure everybody has a different thing, but like, did you practice your presentation and things like that beforehand? Totally did. We rehearsed. In fact, they fly you out to um, LA to the Sony recording studios um, a week ahead of time so that they have time to work with you, to tweak things, to make suggestions. But before that, I was like, you know, I was reminded of this quote and I need to figure out um, who this quote is by, but it's like, uh, or the greatest embarrassment is to be given the stage of history and to forget your lines. And that's all I could like rehearse over in my head. Like, I can't forget these lines. I can't forget these lines. So yeah, we did a we did a friends and family pitch where we had our friends come over and they even dressed up like the sharks and we had a panel and we rehearsed it in front of them. Cause I was like, we got to get this thing down that, um, we had them, you know, ask real questions that we didn't know in advance so that we could prepare for, for those that we might get while actually, you know, being recorded on the show. Oh, that's so fun. That just, yeah, like I said, just listening to you, my heart's like, oh, (laughs) going, kind of beating out of my chest. If if it was me, I'd have to wear like five scarves around my neck because when I get really nervous, I break out in red, you know, get all Uh splotchy. Uh So I'm just wearing the product, you know, I just need you to see what we got. So (laughs) I'll swear all the things. Oh my goodness. That's so cool. So, um, and I know people can watch the actual episode, but then you did land a deal on there, right? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. We, um, partner with Barbara. And so kind of a neat thing going in, um, you know, being believers, Rick and I, Rick mostly <laughs> did our due diligence. He read every invest. I mean, he investigated all the, the, the sharks. He read all their books, studied them, studied their businesses that they had already had um, partnerships with through Shark Tank. And we knew going in, obviously we prayed about it. We got, you know, God, we have this opportunity um, if we're giving a portion of this business away, who do who are we supposed to partner with? And um, we knew uh, going in, we wanted Barbara. We knew Barbara had to be part of the team. And uh, again, going back and watching that episode, you'll see the struggle. We got full offers from all the sharks right off the bat, right away, except for Lori. We got full offers and we just didn't feel peace about 
partnering, you know, with that. And even at the end, you can hear Mark Cuban say, well, you just wanted Barbara. Why didn't you just say that up front type of thing? So anyway, we, we felt um, if we did get an offer, we knew we wanted to take it with her. And that partnership over the last um, five years has just really been, really been amazing. That's awesome. So do you still work closely with her? Like how, how closely do you work with her? You know, we, um, we see her about twice a year and then we have a, uh, we meet with her probably about every six weeks or so, um, just via phone and Skype where she just kind of checks in, but she is absolutely available to us. Um, anytime we had a recent situation with, um, some fulfillment issues and I just needed her advice on some things. I mean, I just give her a call on her cell phone and she picks up and I'm like, Hey, do you have a minute or can you tell me when you have a minute? I mean, that is unreal to me that she is that accessible, but she has always been there. She's never been pushy. She never pushes an agenda of, you know, well, this is my part of my company too. So this is what you should do. She's just has been a huge asset in terms of helping us to promote the brand and get exposure. And then also just, you know, been available anytime we need her for anything. Wow. That is priceless. Like you said, to have yes. somebody like her in your back pocket. Oh my goodness. That's, Absolutely amazing. And I love just listening to your story unfold, even, you know, like I said, I've read a lot of it and everything, but just listening, it is so encouraging to me. And I believe that everybody listening today will be able to relate to this to just see how it started from, like you said, this place of tragedy, but you also had to make a choice every single day to not let the enemy keep you in that place of tragedy of darkness that, you know, I mean, you have totally made a choice every day of that obedience, you know, the obedience to go ahead and make that first set, the obedience to put them online and then the obedience to go on Shark Tank. I mean, it was, it's been constant choices that you have had to make. And then the Lord has blessed that obedience. So that's really, really encouraging. And I just want to applaud you for that too. Oh, well, thank you. You know, Rachel, something that has really, really stood out in me and, and part of our message through this whole thing is that Rachel, everyone goes through pain. Everyone has um, some sort of painful circumstances in their life. I mean, really, everyone has tragedy. Everyone goes through really painful experiences. And and to me, um, my encouragement and through this whole thing has been, don't waste your pain, but let your pain transform you. Mm. Um, And that really is the, the whole underlying segment, I mean, an underlying part of our story is that I could still be living in that pain. And I'm not saying that now owning a business wipes that away or that um, it justifies Hallie's loss. I'm I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we all have a choice to make of what we do with our pain and allow rather than sulking in it. And yes, there's a, there's a season of grieving and all that kind of stuff, but really asking yourself, like, what am I going to do because of this pain? Mm how, what story is God writing through this and really allowing that transformation. And that's why I use those words is don't waste that pain. Use that pain to be transformed, not only in yourself, but to transform others or other people who might be going through something similar. And and it will look different for everyone, but I'm telling you, if you allow yourself to be transformed by it, um, you will see amazing, amazing things happen through it. As you were sharing that just now, this thought came into my mind to just wrap all that up is don't let your pain be in vain. And uh, I love that you said that because I think, again, that's a very powerful 
thing for more people to understand that we really do get to choose and we can choose to be a victim or a victor. And I love that you've chose the victory route because now not only are you living a victorious life, you are encouraging all of us who are watching you to say, Hey, Aww. if God can transform and use that pain to do something awesome, then yeah, do it in my life too. Cause like you said, we all have some, some kind of story of pain or loss or yeah. suffering because we're human beings. <laughs> The Bible promises it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we will go through it. We will have turmoil. We will, you know, we will. So it's a matter of what are you going to do with it? Oh, so good. Okay, well, so now you are a mom. Do you want to tell us a little yes. bit more about that? Because God's also redeemed that part, yes. too. Yes, yes. Um, you know, we were told after losing Hallie that if I were to get pregnant again, the same thing would happen. We'd have the same complications. I would be massively high risk. And, but, you know, there were some upsides and that they knew that there were precautions to take and things like that. And so anyway, we still believed that the Lord had desired, you know, desired us to have kids and have a family. And so um, months after, after losing Hallie, um, I did get pregnant again and was very high risk from the beginning. I had the business and then um, I had to do it from complete bed rest. So this time they did a pre preventative surgery and they just said, you're not super high risk, but you're of high risk that you need to stay. Um, you need to be on bed rest at home. So basically I ran uh, the business from my bed um, that first year, but I was on bed rest for four months, uh, almost four months with Sienna, but she was born full term. She was actually born on her due date with zero complications. While I had to lay down a lot of the pregnancy, I was willing to do it to, um, you know, have a healthy, healthy baby girl. So fast forward, I guess, seven years, and we now have three children, uh, seven, six, and three years old, mm. um, a boy and two girls. And they are a fun, full, it's a fun, full household for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so they bring us so much joy. So that I, I say, and then obviously the business, I still consider a baby or a child because <laughs> yeah. it, it takes a lot to run. I can relate to so much of what you're saying because I have two girls and a boy also, and we're, <laughs> we're business owners and yeah, yeah. it is a child. <laughs> yes. yes. And yep. you know, it's cool too about businesses that it, it's very, so similar to a baby in that like in the beginning years, you, you really have to coddle it. You really have to nurse it. You have to be there 24 seven. And then yes. the more mature it gets and grows up, then you can release it. And you know, other people can take care of it. And yeah, it's so <laughs> yeah. fun. Um, okay. Well, you kind of brought us right into another question I want to ask you then. Okay. So is you are, so you're a mom and you've got three young kids. Mm -hmm. uh, you even said on your first pregnancy, you had to, or with your Sienna, um, you had to do bed rest. Did you have to do bed rest with the other two as well? I did with um, Jet and actually he was higher risk than Sienna ended up being. And then he was due, he went five days past his due date, but I was on, um, I was ordered to bed rest uh, like three weeks earlier with him than I was with Sienna. Livia, our third, uh, same story. The doctor's like, it's probably going to be even worse this time as you go through pregnancies and not one day of bed rest was needed with her. Just blew mm. all the doctor's minds. They said, there's no way that history wouldn't repeat itself here. Like this is unheard of. Um, so I was able to have, you know, one of my biggest struggles with uh, the all, all the pregnancies I had was that I wasn't really able to enjoy you know, just going out, having a big belly, having people comment on my belly, um, you know, all the things that being pregnant and going out and shopping for the baby stuff, I was able to, I missed out on a lot of that, I felt like, and um, having bed rest from basically 20 weeks on. 
And so I was really able, you know, to have a full, real, full-term um, pregnancy with my last with Livia. I love that. I I love whenever God totally shows off, you know, whenever the doctors yes. give you those reports, because we actually, I won't go into the story today, but we lost a child in between our second and third kids. And, um, that was the same story they told me. They're like, you, they actually told me don't get pregnant again. And if you do brace yourself, you know, cause you'll probably lose them and all this stuff. Well, same thing. It was like the best, the easiest pregnancy of all of them. Uh, I love when God does that. That's so yes. fun. Um, so my question though, for you was with that said, you've, you got these kids, you've got this business, you were on bed rest for a couple of them. How are there any practical tips you can give to any moms maybe listening today who they yeah. have a desire to run a business or trying to, but it's kind of tough balancing all the things. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I feel like on all my interviews that I've been on, the number one question is, uh, it's all the same. It's always the, how do you balance it? How do you balance being a, you know, mom and your desire to raise your kids and your family and still have a business on the side? And Rachel, I need to tell you for years and years and years, I struggled so hard with balance. I felt like I was always completely out of balance. I felt like I almost to the point to be totally ominous, it almost drove me to uh, three years ago to a state of depression mm. where I just was like, I am completely fizzing out. I'm holding way too many directions. And um, it was around that time when a dear friend was encouraging me and it was a realization I came to. And she said, Melissa, balance in life is like riding a bike you need balance to ride a bike. Um, in order to go straight, you need to be balancing. But in order to take a curve, you need to, you need to lean in one side to turn one direction. You need to learn lean to the other side, turn the directions. And she said, it's okay that if sometimes in your life you need to lean, sometimes you need to lean into your husband, sometimes you need to lean into your family, sometimes you need to lean into your business. And Rachel, it was those words that gave me so much freedom. I mean, I literally have chills thinking about it because it was like this striving to keep these plates all juggling that I wasn't succeeding. I felt like I wasn't succeeding in any of them. And when I gave myself permission to lean, to lean into the business, to lean into my family, it completely changed. I went from probably very close to being clinically depressed to now being free to accept that this is okay. This, I can lean into my family right now, Rachel. I can lean, I, I'm able to take my kids to their sports practices. I'm able to be at all their games. I'm able to stay home in the mornings if I want to stay home. But there was a season that I wasn't able to do that. And I just had to accept the fact that, you know, it's okay. I just need to be aware of my leaning and how long I'm leaning into something and be okay that it might shift a, di a different direction at well, I am over here fighting back tears because I think I needed to hear that today. Aww. And anytime I, I needed to hear something, I know the listeners are all going to resonate with it too. I think that might be the very best explanation of balance I have ever heard. Because I'm like you, I've heard all of them. You know, we're all always searching for what is balance? How do you balance? And some people say there's no such thing as balance. And then the next person says, here's how you balance. And and it will make you crazy listening yes. to all the teachings and the books and the figuring it out. And oh my goodness, you just like totally released me. And what's funny about that statement too is actually just yesterday on Instagram, I posted something about this. Um, my professor, I'm in grad school right now, and she's always talking about leaning into our emotions. Mm -hmm. And so instead of avoiding them or dodging them or whatever, mm -hmm. she's always like, lean in and see what's at the root of them. And so I say that a lot. And that, 
mm. illustration really resonates with me because that's just like permission, like you said, just within seasons for some seasons are going to look different yeah. and to recognize that and be okay with that and not beat yourself up over it. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That was so powerful. Thank you for sharing oh, good. that. Good. I'm not kidding. I'm like, huh. <laughs> I'm going to be chewing on that one all day long. So yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's, that's so powerful. So do you feel like though, when she said that to you, then you said that kind of helped you keep from getting into that place of depression? You know, it was almost like, I feel like it was so instantaneous. It's really weird to look back because a, a doctor had even prescribed me for depression medication. Like it was, it was literally like, I'm going downhill and I'm recognize it. And even medical doctors can, could recognize it. And I, you know what, Rachel, I never had to even take one pill of that mm. depression medication because it was right at that key time where I just was able to accept that. And that was the freedom that I needed to not have to feel that pressure. And so while there's still, this was a little over three years ago, maybe four years ago, this journey since then has really been me just recognizing and defining. And even, you know, with my husband, like just me recognizing I am in a season right now where I need to, and feel like I need to, and, and want to lean into the kids or recognizing those things, um, has really, really brought the freedom for me, you know, it's, and it's not necessarily a, a compartmentalized, like, um, oh, I'm only in this right now. And I'm only focusing on this, but it's, it's giving me the freedom that ultimate balance is still okay that you have different focuses and different seasons. So. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful too, especially if you're married, uh, to be able to have that visual illustration with your spouse, that then you can easily just come to each other and say, Hey, I'm coming into a season where I'm going to need to lean into whatever that thing is, you know, or you or the kids or like you said, more. And that is really opens that line of communication with each other too yes. and creates a safe place for you all both to be honest with each other about what you're needing yes. in the next season. Yes, exactly. That's really powerful. Okay, just so I've got a couple more questions before we hop off. Yeah. One is, um, do you have any fears as a business owner? Sure. I mean, every day <laughs> I have fear. I mean, um, gosh, yes. I mean, what if, um, I keep designing products and people decide they don't like them anymore? What if, um, we have levels of failing at the factory level? My what ifs early on in the business were regarding employing others. Like all of a sudden I had responsibility to make sure I made enough money to be able to pay an employee gosh, I mean, since day one, uh, I face, face fears every day, every day. <laughs> mm -hmm. So how do you overcome those fears? You know, um, I, I know this is kind of a coined term, but it, it really is true. I mean, I, I do it scared. <laughs> I, um, go, I'm like, I got to make the decision. I'm scared doing it, but I, you know, it comes down to trust and belief. Like I believe without a doubt, I know that God gave us this business. Mm -hmm. I know that our God is a good God. I know that he's calling me to do this. Will I make mistakes along the way? Yes. Will I make decisions along the way that are tough? Yes. It really just comes down to, you know, that trust and belief that God's got me. His hand is on our business. Whether I have to make hard decisions, actually every day I make those hard decisions. <laughs> You know, as long as we're walking with him and my husband is so good at this of always pointing the business back to God. Let's ask Jesus. Let's ask Jesus. We have to make a, a decision. And if we're bringing in thousands and thousands and thousands of products to the next level, let's ask Jesus. And 
So uh, we make the decision and I do it scared. I mean, it's, it's that fear. I don't necessarily think it's easy to overcome, but I know that the, uh, but that it's necessary to walk through to see success. I love that. And, you know, something I say a lot is that your why has to be greater than your what ifs. And so that's so good. Yeah. Just keeping that at the forefront of why am I doing this in the first place? And like you said, (laughs) oh yeah, God brought this business to me, you know? So if he bought, if he brought it to me, he's going to continue to carry it on. You know, one of the things that I think that you would love to hear that Dana Gress shared whenever she was sharing about Grace and Lace, something that she loves about you and I have seen this now since I started following you too, is that part of uh, your success is also that you're so real and vulnerable with people online. So she shared the example and you'll probably know which piece of product she's talking about. How I guess you had bought something, was it like a poncho or something that didn't sell great one season? And so then you decided to, everybody got a free one with their order. And because you were just honest about, hey guys, this thing didn't sell very well. So mm-hmm. everybody who orders gets one. Well, then you like sold out of them or something. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she was like, yeah, she's not only are there stuff cute, but also she's just very real with you. And I think that people are, are drawn to that. <laughs> you know, one of the things about Grace and Lace that is just, you're right. I let them follow my life from everything. I mean, in fact, yesterday on Instagram, I posted a story. I was like, is anyone else struggling to get their kids to bed with this time change? Or is it just me? So, you know, I, um, we love our customers. We love the feedback we get from customers. I, like I said, Rachel, I didn't start out to be a designer. I'm not this, like, I have all these ideas in my head. I'm just going to make them all. I love getting feedback from our customers. I mean, I jump on our VIP page and ask, Hey, what color do you like better? What body style do you like better? Um, things like that. So yeah, I, I love to, um, I guess design as though I'm their friend and making, (laughs) making clothes, um, that a, a friend is suggesting that I make. So that's very much how, how I run the business, I guess. Yeah. And do you have designers that help you now? Yeah. So, um, we, I have a design team, thank the Lord. That was Mm -hmm. one of the other things that was kind of driving me into a depressive state. But, um, I, for years I tried to do it all myself and the business had exploded and I tried to do it myself. And I, I struggled with recognizing the need or admitting the need that I needed help. And my fear was if I hire these professional trained designers, suddenly we're going to turn into a brand that's not me that was my fear. And that's what I struggled with. And um, Barbara actually, and my husband, he will tell you, Melissa, I told you the same thing Barbara told you for years. I don't know why it took only hearing it from her, but they were encouraging me for years. Just, just hire, you know, you need to hire a team. You need to hire a team. And like I said, Rachel too, I struggled with that because so much of the business came out of this identity of the loss of Hallie. And so I felt like if I was bringing on other people that suddenly that loss would just diminish or the the purpose of the business would just diminish. And so Barbara just encouraged me to like, stop looking at resumes. We had thousands and thousands of resumes after being on the show um, of professional, you know, trained designers. And she said, just look for someone who's like you, who thinks like you, who acts like you, who wears clothes like you, who's, um, and that's what we've done. And so now I have a team that literally they read my mind and I can read their mind and we are on the same page and they just duplicate myself really in, um, in design. So such freedom there for sure for me. I love how God always sends the help that we need. Do you have any advice for someone who needs to release portions of maybe it's a business, maybe it's a ministry. I don't know any advice on that. 
Oh gosh. <laughs> I would say if there's my main struggle um, for years in the business has been releasing control. In fact, I still deal with that constantly. My husband <laughs> reminds me, reminds me of that. Um, and again, I think for me, it comes back to um, how the business started, why the business started, why I feel so connected to it. And really, you know, he has to remind me daily. <laughs> is not not something you need to control you can like you can let go of it this is it and it's really helped as the business has grown you know we went from having six employees before shark tank aired to now having close to 70 employees and it helps now that i recognize that we have hired people smarter than myself mm-hmm. <laughs> and so now that helps me a lot in feeling like you know what that person can deal with that. That is their department. That's not my department. That that's really been something. If I recognize, you know what, we are empowering people to work and own these positions and they are empowered to make decisions. It doesn't need my opinion. Yeah. (laughs) Something I struggle with, but I I have to remind myself of that daily. So I have to know, do you still knit? I have not in years but my friend one of our employees daughters is eight or nine and she contacted me last week and she said my daughter really wants to learn how to crochet can you teach her and I was like oh my initial response was I don't have time for that in internally I don't have time for that but there was something inside of me that was like you know what I would love to do that again and I would love to I just know it's going to come back I haven't done it in seven years but I just know all I have to do is pick it up and I feel like I would be, you know, drawn to it again. So it's something I made made an appointment with her to do because I know that would be reviving. <laughs> reviving. Yeah. Well, I love that. My 12 year old daughter, actually, she knits and sews and um, um, I love it because she'll always be making, she makes things for her American Girl dolls or, no. you know, she makes hats for people and it totally warms my heart when I walk through our living room and I see her doing that as opposed to being on an iPad or, you know, something, just keeping that art alive is just so neat. So I love that. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So before we hop off, I would love for you to tell the listeners where they can find you online. Yes. You can shop my clothing brand at graceandlace.com. But more so I would love if they would join our um, social media pages, Um, Grace and Lace Co on Instagram and Grace and Lace on Facebook, although um, really becoming a VIP, our our Grace and Lace VIP page has been, I um, just love being able to interact there myself and people show selfies and they show the clothes that they bought. And it's just a really helpful page. That's just not, not me on there, but um, a community of people that are really fun to be around. Yeah. And I love that group too, because sometimes when I'm going to buy a product, I can get in there and see yes. a picture of someone else. And I'm like, Oh, she kind of looks like my build that might work, you know, and it's so it's yeah. helpful on finding the right size and all that stuff too. So yeah. yeah. And I will definitely drop all those links in the show notes. So if you're driving or something, don't worry about writing it down, but I always just like for them to hear you say it. And so they can follow you. Yeah. Well, that is all that we have for today. Melissa, thank you again for taking the time. I know you're a very busy woman. (laughs) So it means a lot to me and my listeners that you would take the time to just share your story. And I know you really blessed me today. And so thank you for that. And I know that the listeners are going to be blessed as well. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for having me. It's always fun to relive, um, you know, the story. It's not every day that I get to remind myself of why I do what I do. So I love sharing it with others and giving others the opportunity to maybe, um, you know, find freedom or maybe give them the next encouraging step they need to jump into something that they've always wanted to do. So thank you for having me. It's been, been really fun. 
It's stories like Melissa's that remind me how great our God is when we let Him work on our behalf. Her story inspired me to trust God with the pain in my life and allow Him to transform me through it. I pray it encouraged you in that way too. Melissa was so kind to offer Real Talk with Rachel listeners a special discount code to Grace and Lace. You can shop at graceandlace.com and use code GALRG19 for a one-time 15% off use. It expires on April 10th of 2019 and some exclusions may apply. Don't worry, that code will be right there in the show notes. Thank you all so much for leaving your reviews on iTunes for the show. And if you haven't already left a review, please do so more listeners just like you can get this podcast in their ears and be inspired to get real and live free. All right, friends, that's all for today. I will see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.